ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 290th ever show of All Around Sports, where each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and events of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. First off, on this day of remembrance for 9-11, our thoughts go out to friends and family affected by Hurricane Irma down in Florida. My events of the week that I covered were yesterday's very exciting Connecticut Sun, Phoenix Mercury, WNBA playoff game, and last week's Dell Technologies Championship won by Justin Thomas. The game yesterday at Mohegan Sun Arena between the Connecticut Sun and the Phoenix Mercury was just a terrific game. Uh, Very frustrating, unfortunately, from a Sun point of view where they just uh, jumped out to an early double-digit lead, and just seemed completely in control of the game. Uh, basically, led the whole game, but they just couldn't uh, couldn't put them away. And when you have a team with Diana Taurasi on it, not to mention Brittany Griner, uh, you you just got to put them away early. You had the opportunity and. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Uh, All credit to the Mercury for hanging in there. And the Sun just played a great, great game, but uh, came up against a veteran team who knows what to do in playoff games. And and Diana Taurasi, perhaps the greatest women's basketball player of all time. And, uh, but the Sun had an absolutely fantastic season uh, as evidenced by Coach Kurt Miller getting his Coach of the Year award uh, before the game. John Quell Jones getting her Most Improved Player award. So uh, in the heart of UConn territory and uh, what I'll call the women's basketball capital of the world, uh, you know, it was just great to see Rebecca Lobo was uh, given an ovation for going into the College Basketball Hall of Fame with a nice video tribute. Uh, I was standing there watching the game uh, and who walked right by me, but UConn coach Gino Ariema, front and center at midcourt. And uh, so, you know, games at Mohegan Sun are star-studded and fabulous. Uh, in the end, 
the mercury drained three threes in a row, and that's what swung the tide. That's what gave them the lead, and then they got up, and and that was it. Uh, went down to literally the final seconds. Um, but again, the three threes were the backbreaker, as Coach Kurt Miller said in his uh, post game press conference, and uh, so it was just really. Uh, you know, tough game to watch. The Sun has always had a great uh, balanced attack. Alyssa Thomas, 20 points. Jonquel Jones, 19 points. Courtney Williams, 10 points. And Jasmine Thomas, 15 points. So four players in double figures. Very typical. And the Sun came out running. <clears throat> and we're just a team on a mission. And just really dominant uh, in the first half. Uh, but again, the Mercury did just enough to stay within striking distance without letting it get out of control, which it very, very well could have. Uh, for instance, it was 37-20 at the seven-minute mark of the second quarter. So it was actually a 17-point lead. Uh, but then 50-43 at half. So the Mercury had chopped 10 points off that uh, earlier lead in the second quarter. And... Uh, you know, first thing before you know it, it was 64-64 tied with uh, about three minutes to go in the third quarter. And uh, so, yeah, it was just uh, in the sun. And actually, the Mercury took their first lead up to late uh, in the third quarter. So back and forth. And Brittany Griner, who didn't do a whole lot in the first half, uh, came up really big in the second half, getting her 26 points. And Diane Tarasi had 23 points. And uh, it was unbelievable to watch Brittany Griner and John Quell Jones. They basically just had a game-long hand-to-hand combat. Uh, as physical as you can possibly imagine, so it was really uh, very entertaining. Again, disappointing from the Sun point of view, especially given the uh, uh, tremendous season they had. Uh, to, to put it mildly, but they're a very, very young team, and I think the Suns are Sun is uh, headed for big things. Uh, the future could not possibly look brighter. And now they've had their uh, playoff experience that you just can't uh, you can't buy what they got. Uh, so great season! Hats off to the Sun. Huge crowd, eighty four hundred people at the beautiful Mohegan Sun Arena. So it was just tremendous game to watch. Tremendous environment, and uh, again. Uh, the sun will be heard from again, no doubt about it. My other highlight of the week uh, or event of the week that I covered was the Dell Technologies Championship. Uh, I spent a lot of time over there. Uh, of course, it's the only tournament that ends on a Monday, uh, which is Labor Day. And it was great on Monday, beautiful weather. And Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, good buddies, doling it out. And Justin Thomas is just on a roll, uh, to put it mildly. He just was uh, so gracious in victory and uh, just really uh, 
holding off Jordan Spieth. What else can you say? Uh, Not an easy thing to do. And again, they're very, very close friends, but tough competitors as well. And, uh, you know, huge crowds, as always, uh, in in Boston. It's a Labor Day tradition, Labor Day weekend. And, uh, you know, Justin Thomas just really... uh, you know, took care of the last two, three holes, uh, you know, got up two, three strokes and just held on nicely. And uh, I think it's his like fifth tournament. He, of course, recently won his first major, the PGA. So he is uh, probably going to be golfer of the year, should be well-deserved. And again, I couldn't have been more impressed with his post, post-tournament press cover, press conference. Uh says all the right things he's interesting he's likable and uh and what a future for him he has just uh really risen right to the top suddenly uh throughout the year but really in the last month or so uh, with the pga and now this uh he's obviously going for the fedex cup championship to say the least so great week weekend of golf and uh just really, really uh, great to watch Justin Thomas uh, playing at his best, to put it mildly. Well, my highlight of the week is the, having the NFL back. Uh, I got a nice jump start to it, attending the Patriots-Chiefs opener. The ceremony, the banner raising was fabulous. Very, very well done. Uh you know, you had Kevin Falk, Julian Edelman out there with the Super Bowl trophies, uh, of course, Mr. Kraft, and uh, it was just great. Uh, the energy was literally off the charts. Um, celebrities, Mark Wahlberg was there, and I'm sure anybody who watched the game saw him giving uh, a tribute to get the festivities going, and he was actually standing uh, not far from where I was sitting. So it was really uh, quite a night until, and this is my low light of the week, uh, until uh, the second half when the Patriots really, surprisingly, uh, got dominated by the Chiefs. As you just don't see it, let alone in Gillette Stadium. It was a shocking, uh, shocking game to watch. All credit to the Chiefs. Uh, They just looked fabulous. Uh, And, you know, just like I said earlier about the Mercury uh, and Sun game, uh, you know, the Chiefs hung around. The Patriots started quickly. uh, But the Chiefs hung around. And then they just come out in the second half and just looked fabulous. Dante Hightower. Uh, the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Patriots, star linebacker, he went out, and uh, I think he probably proved that next to Tom Brady, he's probably the most uh, valuable Patriot because the defense uh, basically fell apart in the second half, and the Chiefs, uh, again, looked terrific, took advantage, and uh, Alex Smith played a tremendous game. Uh, to put it mildly. So it was, again, just not something we're used to seeing over at Gillette Stadium, which is a mere 20 minutes from where I'm standing right now. And uh, 
and Patriots have 10 days off, as, of course, do the Chiefs. Uh, a lot of work to do. Uh, Bill Belichick will be uh, uh, applying his typical fixes, but it makes suddenly the next week's game against the Saints in New Orleans uh, must-see TV up here in New England, uh, like every Patriot game, but maybe with a little more urgency. And Drew Brees and the Saints in New Orleans, uh, that's not going to be easy. So the Patriots have a lot of work to do. Uh, they've always done it in the past. And uh, we're on to New Orleans. And lastly, uh, speaking of second-half blowouts, my bizarre story of the week is Oklahoma blowing out Ohio State. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma quarterback, planting the flag and going back to last year's 31-0 loss to Clemson in the college football playoff and Ohio State struggles in the first game against Indiana and now this in Columbus, losing to Oklahoma and getting dominated in the second half. Uh, Ohio State's got a lot of work to do as well. So now let's take our break and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, glad to have you on as always. Uh, I was thinking of you over the weekend as I saw that Hurricane Irma track moving around, looked at points like it was headed into Alabama, but sounds like you were unaffected, so I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that was good news, John. That's some serious weather, and if you've ever been part of one of those situations, uh, you won't forget it. Exactly. No doubt about it. I, of course, used to live on the Gulf Coast of Florida, 
and uh, so it was all very eerie for me, uh, and have spent a lot of time down there since I uh, once lived there, on, and uh, you know, was recognizing scenes left and right, have family, friends, uh, all of it along the Gulf Coast and elsewhere, so it's been a freaky weekend uh, watching it all unfold, but you know, it was bad. Sounds like it could have been worse, uh, but you know, Naples, place I go often, and uh, just all of it. Again, I used to live right near Sarasota, and just crazy watching all that. I know you spent time that down that way too. So, uh, don't they have the SEC media days every year in uh, Destin? Isn't that on the Gulf Coast up near the Bend? They have the spring media days in Destin, Florida, right right after Memorial Day. They sure do. And that's well north of Tampa, right? It is. sure is, right? Just east of Pensacola. But up on the Gulf Coast, pretty much. On the Gulf Coast side, right. Sure, that's right. Yeah, well, there's so many towns to keep track of. I just thought of that one. and uh, So I know you know the Gulf Coast as well, Venice, and places like that. That's right. Uh, the next town over from where I used to live, and uh, again, really strange watching all of it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's bad, and it certainly uh, took its toll on the world of sports, to say the least. I think every seems like every Florida team canceled their game, either because it was home for obvious reasons, or they didn't want to travel. For instance, uh, you know, up here, UConn, who you and I have both covered. Uh, they were supposed to host South Florida, and at first they had moved the game to 10.30 a.m. Saturday, uh, and you know, and this is all about South Florida being able to get back in time, but of course then the track changed dramatically to the Gulf Coast, and uh, they just canceled the game altogether as they did just about every other game, Florida State, the Gators, I'm guessing, uh, Miami, and on and on and on. Uh, no football in Florida this weekend. That's for Don Sure, not to mention the Bucks and the Dolphins as well. Yeah, it really affected that whole state and area. And I mean, you think about a game like uh, Georgia at Notre Dame. If the game was in Athens, you never know what would have happened, what they would have um, done in that situation. Absolutely. Um, yes, I mean, I guess Atlanta as we speak, is under its first tropical storm warning ever. I mean, that just says it all right there. Uh, ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah and I just, I know, and I just saw scenes from Jacksonville and Daytona Beach where they're just, it almost appears as if they're getting the worst of it, at least flooding, severe, within the past hour. Uh, it was stunning to watch it. Again, almost seems like maybe they are going to be getting the worst of it. Downtown Jacksonville was waist high, it, it looked like, in water as of one hour ago with high tide expected uh, in 40 minutes. So that's how crazy a storm this has been, that, you know, the track's changing and what what's the word they used? Wobbling. Um, and, and here we are at the end of it in Florida, and it appears based on my limited knowledge and just the most recent report that in the end, it may be Daytona and Jacksonville of all places 
that are going to get hit the hardest, or at least with flooding. So, unbelievable, AP, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no, you know, accurately predicting where it's going to land, where it's going to affect. I mean, they have a very good idea with, with all the technology that's available today, but there's deviation from that uh, yes. Yes, I know people from the Gulf Coast who evacuated up to Alabama, as a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the way it switched from East Coast to West Coast, uh, that was a big gulp. And uh, and then, you know, then last night, watching it yesterday afternoon, all of a sudden it was east of the Gulf Coast. And I know people in Central Florida and sort of went up there, but I know people there. I've spoken to that today are okay in Central Florida, but uh, but again, just you know, it's that right front quadrant, and apparently that's what nailed Jacksonville with and Daytona with the storm surge. So unbelievable, but you know, some football was played, and uh, and I take it you went to the uh, Alabama game, is that correct? Sure did. Yeah, I was there. It was a beautiful day, a slight breeze. It wasn't hot or very humid and it was delightful really when you're thinking about all the weather around the country and uh, Fresno State came to town for the very first time Alabama was a about 43 and a half point favorite uh, before the game I was predicting maybe a 42 to 7 and ended up 41 to 10 and Alabama played quite a few uh, younger players and newcomers, so it was it was nice to see, for instance, the second string quarterback uh, to a Tonga Vialoa get into the game. Yeah, um, again, you know, the return of the champions, shall we say, with the, uh, you know, after their solid victory against uh, Florida State, to say the least, and you know, back to Tuscaloosa for their first home game and. Uh, so, yeah, um, no surprise with them winning solidly on Saturday. But, of course, we haven't talked since the Florida State game. And, you know, I watched, needless to say, was thinking of you. Uh, that was impressive, uh, to say the least, especially special teams and defense. Yeah, John, they, I've heard, you know, in the preseason that the defense would be very fast. That proved to be the case against Florida State. They needed all the defense they, they could muster because the Seminoles are really talented on offense. They didn't have a very good day, but Alabama uh, affected that quarterback. He threw a couple interceptions. The special teams was was on top of their game, blocking a field goal attempt, a punt, which turned the game around. So Alabama won with... Plenty of defense and special teams and a little bit of offense just to make the fans happy. Yes, and I I can imagine they were very happy. Uh, how was the atmosphere? Yeah, the atmosphere was great. I mean, I, there might have been more Florida State fans, John. Uh, really? Well, you know, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, there were more Florida State fans, I think, than Alabama fans, believe it or not. Yeah, about an equidistant drive, I'm guessing, generally speaking. Oh, yeah, probably a little shorter same, from Tallahassee. Yeah the, same, yeah, the same distance pretty much. So, But that was surprising, but it was sold out. 
nice crowd and um, perfect conditions inside the brand new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So it was great. And how was that, the new stadium? Yeah, it was very nice. It had a good sideline from the press box. And uh, I didn't get a chance to go on a concourse, but I know the food. Everybody was raving about the food and the pricing of the food. The pricing, really. Well, that's nice to hear. Um, and, right. and and Chick-fil-A was open because it was a, a Saturday night, right? Sure was. Yeah, we had some Chick-fil-A <laughs> in the press box. <laughs> oh, sweet. How was the press box? Yeah, we had a good depth and plenty of room, and uh, the seating was nice. So uh, I really enjoyed it. That's great. Um, glad to hear it. Well, you've had a... A great start to the year. Um, you know, seeing that game and then up to Tuscaloosa. Now, this Saturday, Colorado State's coming in. Is that correct? Colorado State's coming to town. That'll be the second time they played. It was 2013. Jim McElwain was actually the head coach. He had, he had left Alabama and, and get some experience as a head coach and was successful and then made the change to the University of Florida. So, he brought in a team to Tuscaloosa, so this will be the second time for the uh, Colorado State uh, Rams coming to town. Right. Well, we talked about them at length. They're, they can be a dangerous team, so uh, I'm sure Alabama will be ready. And one team that did not look ready, AP, is Ohio State. And I said in the opening segment, uh, boy, you know, when you go back to that 31 nothing loss, in the college football playoff to Clemson, where they were shut out for, I believe, the first time in Urban Meyer's career, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, even go back a few weeks further when, you know, Penn State beat them to turn their program around. Uh, you know, Ohio State did not look great in their first game at Indiana. Uh, didn't really take control until well into the second half. And then they just simply got dominated in the second half. I mean, that was like, Shocking to witness in Columbus, and of course capped off with Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma's quarterback, planting the Oklahoma flag in the middle of the O. That was priceless. So, I don't know. Tough to know what to make of Ohio State at this point. Yeah, they're going to have to regroup. Uh, they'll have their opportunities to run the table and, and sure draw will. some attention to their team. So. Uh, but when you have a mobile, accurate quarterback and Baker Mayfield had a fantastic night, that makes for the type of uh, you know performance and they can beat someone on the road. Correct, correct. And, you know, you touched on the Notre Dame-Georgia game. Uh, and I was, of course, switching channels like wild. Um, they, <clears throat> you know, Notre Dame is suddenly behind the eight ball and I think Brian Kelly has to be, not suddenly, he's on the hot seat officially now, uh, losing at home to that, you know, in a marquee setting. Uh, like, that's a wow. Um, it seems like a, a bit of a continuation of last year, I think. Yeah, he has his uh, challenges, uh, to say the least, when you're coming up a 4-8 and eight season and you lose to, to Georgia by a point. It's disappointing, but John, there's Quite a bit of football to be played. Oh, totally, so, you know he's got. Yeah, he's got to get his team ready for the next week. And you know you have Southern Cal on the schedule and some others. So he he can make his mark this season. I mean it's not totally over, but he has to 
get his football team, um, you know, prepared for the next game. That that's that's his job and responsibility, and I'm sure he's working diligently to get that done because there is no other option. Correct, and we're going to find out this Saturday, uh, 20 minutes away from here, where I, where I'm broadcasting from because they're traveling to Boston College this Saturday. Uh, Notre Dame is so. Should be interesting. And AP, just to close out the segment, I couldn't help but, you know, think of the irony, if you will, watching Deshaun Kaiser play really a terrific first-ever game in the NFL, quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers and looking pretty good. Well, my last image of the other quarterback from last year's Notre Dame team when they basically played two and uh, Malik Zaire getting just crushed in the end zone by that Michigan player who he, uh, and his teammate recovered it for a fumble um, to put the game away. So, uh, geez, it's just, again, you know, it makes you wonder, shall we say, when, to, you know, uh, thinking back to the controversy over quarterbacks last year at Notre Dame. Yeah, John, those are decisions that when you reflect uh, – you know, down the down the road, you're going to say, did they make the right the right choice? So, but correct. Boston College, you know, you know they have a that's a team that is beatable for Notre Dame, so I'm sure they're welcoming that game. No doubt about it. Um, should be interesting. You know, Notre Dame coming to Boston is always makes for a fun weekend. So there'll be a lot of energy up here in Boston this weekend. Uh, with Notre Dame in town, but hard to believe we're already at the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take our break now and a whole lot more to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before. Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. 
Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked a lot of college football, of course, in the first segment, but we still have a lot more to talk about. And uh, I went to the Penn State gathering spot here in Boston with uh, hundreds of other people, uh, Penn State alumni, uh, to watch the Penn State pit game, the game I grew up on. And Penn State, uh, I mean, they did, you know, they did what they needed to do. It was a rivalry game. Pitt generally hung around. I'm saying that a lot today. Uh, but Penn State, unlike uh, some other teams I watched over the weekend, uh, you know, they held on once they got the lead, uh, and again, where I was at was raucous, uh, to say the least, right in downtown Boston, but Penn State has the largest alumni association in the country, and I think Boston's one of the largest chapters, and it's uh, next best thing to be in there. I did talk to somebody yesterday at the Connecticut Sun game, wearing a Penn State shirt that was at the game, uh, and he just said it was fantastic, 109,000 people. But uh, Penn State's big three, Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Mike Gusecki, the tight end. Uh, formidable group, to say the least. Uh, and, uh, you know, fun game to watch, beautiful day in State College. And, uh, and yeah, I, you know, and they, ABC did a great job, like, showing – you know, the meaning of the rivalry and some of the great games they've played through the years with Dan Marino, et cetera, et cetera. So great stuff to watch. And the 1982 National Championship team was honored. Todd Blackledge was the announcer, and he was the quarterback of that first National Championship team. So great to watch. Uh, Penn State's, uh, they're looking good, AP. And Saquon Barkley, uh, you know. I, I may be a bit biased, but he, he, to me, looks like clearly the best player in the country, despite the awesome quarterback play from around the country. Yeah, no, they have three good offensive players and then some, and that's always a challenge when you have to compete against, uh, you know, an offense because you know, they can dominate your defense and wear them out, and the next thing you know, it's like a steamroll effect. They get on top of you, and you, you can't catch up. So, yeah, Penn State's a national power now, and they had that, you know, Rose Bowl game where it was yep. back and forth, and they, you know, ended up losing. But uh, they all those, a lot of those players have returned. So Penn State, they can, and you can see the weaknesses with Ohio State. 
they have the quarterback position right now has not been, let's say, productive, as productive as they had hoped, considering he's been there quite a while, and he, he was, what, the MVP of the league, I think, when he was a sophomore? JT Correct. And so, so Penn State has a chance. I'm not sure where that game is played, Ohio State, Penn State. It's, but, you know, well, I can answer that. <laughs> I can answer that, AP. Uh, first of all, they play, they host Michigan, their nemesis, who has had their number on October 21st. I'm guessing it'll be a night game and it'll be a whiteout, would be my guess. Uh, it was a whiteout Saturday at, at State College. And then the very, and the week before the Michigan game is a bye week. So then October 21st, host Michigan, the, the very next week, they go to Columbus at Ohio State, but you know, given what we see, we've seen lately, uh, you know, and talking with Penn State people, I mean, that game looks a lot more winnable than it did 48 hours ago. It's just that simple from a Penn State point of view. Oh, yeah, Ohio State psyche, you're not sure, you know, they're, they're at a level at that point. So uh, Penn State, they, may, they might be on a roll by that time. Well, that's it. And then, you know, you always remember the last thing you see, AP, and right now, uh, you know, uh, the last thing we saw in Columbus, Ohio, was Penn Ohio State getting run over, and especially in the second half. Even though Oklahoma generally dominated the second, the first half, but couldn't finish with scores. But uh, so yeah, so as I said, that game looks a little less daunting than it did. Uh, so we'll see how Ohio State reacts. But yeah, it's it was a fun game to watch, and there were just so many fun games. I mean, the Clemson game was against Auburn was really terrific to watch. And I found myself thinking as it just looked like, you know, uh, Jared Stedham, the quarterback transfer from Baylor. I mean, he he just was getting crushed um, by that Clemson defense. So I had trouble figuring out, uh, you know, is he not as good as we thought? because I certainly remember him being pretty good at, at Baylor, or is Clemson's defense, again, dominant, like their calling card. Uh, you know, playing at home, but that that was great theater as well, to say the least. Yeah, I was able to watch some of the replays, John. I didn't see the entire ball game, but right. when I was watching Jarrett play, he has a good arm. One thing I liked about him, well, a couple of things, actually, he put the ball in the air to give his receivers a chance. Right, and I think I think that situation will improve over time. And the other thing, Jerry can really run. He's fast. Mm-hmm. He was running for his life, of course, but he was able to right. escape. But uh, some sometime, but they eleven sacks. I mean, you're not going to win many football games when the other team sacks your quarterback that many times. It's just almost impossible because you have so many negative plays. And you said it perfectly, AP. That's the phrase. When I think of that game, the immediate thought comes to mind is running for his life. It just felt like he was doing that on every play. You know, he dropped back, and then boom! Within a split second, he was running, and he had to be. And you know, uh, I'm certainly not blaming it on him. He, again, he was uh, under siege, but uh, Clemson—they uh, look like a force to be reckoned with. Again, to say the least, and their quarterback, who succeeded Deshaun Watson, of course, looks pretty good to me. 
Yeah, he's very good, uh, John. And just one more thing with Auburn. John, if you look back early in the game, when they had to settle for the field goals, that was that changed the complexion for them. Because when you're the road team and you're just putting on three points on the board, well, the other team could be, you know, play poorly for quite a while, and then they're only down six points. I mean, one touchdown, they're on top of you, and, you, and you've been maybe dominating, moving the ball between the 20-yard lines and getting close. But if you don't put touchdowns on the board when you're on the road, it's very difficult to, to win. Very difficult. And, you know, to that point, and I agree 100%, that's what made the Oklahoma game even more astounding because, you know, Oklahoma did that exact same thing. And, and even right. a little less. By that, I mean, they pretty much dominated the first half, but, you know, they, they couldn't finish. They, they, they had some giveaways and field goals, they, you know, when they could have been up like 21 nothing. You know, they were down in Ohio State territory a lot. So, but yeah, um, another team that looked uh, good, but, you know, played a good team. Uh, we're By the way, we're getting good matchups here in the early part of the season. But the USC-Stanford game, uh, you know, that was fun to watch. Uh, Sam Darnold, he's the real deal for sure. And, uh, you know, typical USC-Stanford game. I mean, Stanford's excellent. And, you know, they hung in there until USC finally kind of pulled away as we moved into the fourth quarter in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. But that was fun to watch as well. Uh, you know, again, USC always has those game-breaking, speedy receivers making great catches. And, uh, and you know, Stanford just couldn't keep up with them, uh, although it was very, very competitive to say the least. Yeah, one thing about USC, John, Sam Darnold, he, he's been in, he had some fabulous moments, of course, in the Rose Bowl. And so right. he's the, one of the leading candidates for the Heisman. Uh, I don't know, I didn't see much of that game, but he threw a couple interceptions. So you, you want to, in a big game, you know, he was fortunate that they were, they were able to win, but you want to cut down on the turnovers in the future. Absolutely. Um It'll be, yeah, he's had some great moments. So if I'm not mistaken, USC, I don't know if it's the nation's longest winning streak, but they've won, what, 11 games in a row now. Ran the table last year after a really rough start that started with getting hammered by Alabama on that opening kickoff weekend, if I remember correctly. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure you remember that well. And then a couple of other, uh, at least one of, not two, other losses and... uh and then, boom, that's it. They've been running the table ever since with Sam Darnold leading the way. So uh, that should be good, you know. And speaking of USC, we haven't talked about this, but uh, I watched that UCLA comeback with Josh Rosen against Texas A&M. That was just incredible stuff. One of the best comebacks I've ever seen a week ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was that was unbelievable, John. I. I didn't get to the end of that game. I think I, I fell asleep around forty-four thirty-one, but I could see the UCLA's coming back, of course, and right. having momentum. But I was thinking, well, maybe A and M can hold on, but didn't happen. And I mean, now, now you know they're struggling. A and M, they beat Nickel State this weekend, twenty-four fourteen, I believe. So, I mean, it does not look good for the Kevin Sumlin tenure in, in uh, College Station. 
Correct. When I saw that score, I quickly switched over to watch the last few minutes of that game. And, uh, you know, they didn't put it away until there was like two minutes to go. So anyway, yeah, it was uh, Josh Rosen. He's uh, uh, he was something else that day, to put it mildly. Uh, and AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our uh, second segment. But why don't we take uh, our final break and have a few more things to get to? on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Saints-Vikings game where Adrian Peterson will be returning to Minnesota where he's played his entire career. Uh, that should be great theater. It's a, always great on opening weekend where we have two Monday night football games. And starting off with this one. And uh, so that should be fun, uh, you know, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, AP. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays. Uh, and then the second game is Los Angeles Chargers uh, playing the Denver Broncos. So, uh, yeah, should be two great games tonight, AP. Looking forward to seeing how AP does back in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I always liked Adrian Peterson. He's a top-notch running back and runs so hard, and, and he had that unique style running upright. So uh, I'm sure he's pumped up, and the fans uh, from New Orleans and Minnesota, they're really excited to watch that matchup. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be uh, not your average game, shall we say. Um, So anyway, back to college football. You know, I wanted to mention also that uh, 
the Alabama game wasn't the only football college football game you saw this weekend. Uh, tell us about the other one you attended. Yeah, uh, John, I was fortunate. South Alabama, the Jaguars hosted number 10 Oklahoma State. And the Cowboys, they came in prepared, and they were the real deal. Their quarterback, uh, uh, Mason Rudolph, he was about 6'5", 230 from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Good arm, accurate, can see the entire field. And he, he's going to be highly drafted by some NFL team. I was very impressed with him and his receivers. Uh, James Washington, really good, about six foot two oh five. He's from Texas. So they, they put 44 on South. And uh, it wasn't a competitive game, but I wanted to see the number 10 team in the country. And, and they, they're going to challenge for that Big 12 title, I think. Yep, number eight in the country. I also watched a little Mason Rudolph in Oklahoma State. He looks awesome, to say the least. And you're right, he's going to be playing on Sundays big time. Big boy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to be right there. Uh, what's the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game called? Is that Bedlam? I'm not sure, but I know yeah. it's going to be a good good ball game because <laughs> that of the will be good. Of nothing else. Yeah, exactly. That that could be the game of the year. You know, it's could you never know. But right sitting here today, could be the game of the year. Uh, you know, some other teams that you know jumped out at me. Well, a team that you know well. Uh, LSU, off to a pretty good start. Yeah, John, you know, they have two excellent coordinators. Uh, Matt Canada came down from Pittsburgh. Uh, Aranda, Dave Aranda from Wisconsin. And I think Ed Orgeron on his second go-round as the full-time head coach, he understands that he, he's appointed them to run the offense and the defense. He's more the CEO and the motivator and the orchestrator of the entire program. But they look they're looking to be tough to beat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Georgia, you know, uh, let's not forget about them with their big win up at Notre Dame. Wisconsin, uh, looking good. One of their running back had like 225 yards. Uh, Michigan looks solid. I was watching that game before the Penn State pit game. Washington. So, you know, all the Blue Bloods. Not all the Blue Bloods, but a lot of the Blue Bloods are off to a pretty good start, uh, you know, to say the least. And uh, so, yeah, it's shaping up to be yet, you know, another great year. And uh, again, off to a really, really good start. Um, AP, what do you think about Florida State with, without DeAndre Francis, who, of course, got knocked out right in front of you in the Alabama game? Uh do you know much about this quarterback, and you know, are they going to come back? John, as someone who saw Alabama almost win the championship with a quarterback right out of high school, I'd be the last person to bury Florida State at this time because they have a lot of talent around him. He doesn't have to win the Heisman Trophy in his first right. year at Florida State. So I would be aware of, of Florida State. I agree. I agree. I don't think they're going anywhere. Let's not forget they had that really rough start last year. I think they got blown out by Louisville. And, oh, by the way, I watched Louisville and Lamar Jackson. 
uh, some of their game on Saturday. Lamar Jackson was responsible for six touchdowns, three rushing, three passing. So he, he he's already in Heisman mode, even though he's hardly being mentioned it for this year's Heisman, despite winning last year's Heisman. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Florida State. They, you know, there, there was that Showtime series, followed them week to week, documentary style, like Hard Knocks. And it was great. And, yeah, uh, they're a team that is going to stick with it. They're not going to just fold up because, you know, they lost Alabama and, of course, lost their starting quarterback. So they'll be interesting to watch. Jimbo will uh, put it back together, shall we say, no doubt. Uh, by the way, speaking of Florida teams, looks like you have some uh, news on the one of the other Florida teams, Miami, correct? Yeah, John. In a surprise, because Alabama has not announced a Power 5 team for the 2020 season, it was announced that Alabama and Miami will get together in Atlanta for the 2021 season at the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. So look forward to that. They haven't announced the day, you know, whether it's going to be the Saturday or the Monday evening. But those two programs, John, if you can believe this, and was, I didn't even think about it. They haven't played uh, since 1993, so that'll be 28 years. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mark Richt from Georgia, former Miami quarterback, is now the Miami head coach. And he's certainly familiar with Alabama and the SEC, right? Oh, correct. He played him a couple of good ball games there uh, when Nick Saban was, uh, you know, coaching. They had a, I mean, they came within an eyelash of winning in the 2012 season. They would have played Notre Dame for the championship. Right. They probably would have won and maybe changed the course of Georgia football history, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and speaking of Georgia, I mean, I didn't realize, like, Georgia was playing Notre Dame until, like, Saturday, like, I loved that matchup. I just thought that was so cool. And they actually made a reference during the game, like that it was the first game they had. I don't know if they were joking or not, but the, the like the first game that Georgia had played north of the Mason Dixon line in like forever. That makes sense. Sound about right. They went up there and upset Michigan. Okay, so right. so they don't go north of the Mason Dixon line very often. I guess is what we're saying, right? Yeah, 65, I mean, I don't remember. I remember reading about the game, John, but uh, and it was quite a big thing. Uh, and, and interesting about it, there was no return game. In other words, I think it was a one-time deal. I don't, you know, they went to Michigan and played them, beat them, and that was it, 65. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, anyway, AP, hard to believe. We were actually have come to the end of our show it's great to have college football back. This is our first full weekend, and uh, lots to talk about, as always. It's nonstop, so it's going to be another great season. I'm glad to be working with you again this season. Oh, it's my pleasure, John. It looks like the year of the quarterback, and it there's does. some good ones out there. I mean, they're all trying to get on the throne, but, yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you, John. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, and uh, all year long, but... Of course, college football season is uh, our sweet spot. And, yeah, well said. You're the quarterback, so going to be a good year. And, AP, thanks again. And, uh, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.